welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lynn, and I'm here with. Am I going to say your name today? No. No, because you gave me crap. I did not give you crap. I was late. Yep. And you came in with an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I did not come in with an attitude. I would say that it was reflective of your attitude that I was receiving to give back to you. How was that? You were outside the room when you started. <laughs> <laughs> this is not true. You shut the door on me. Oh, forget it. It's just not even worth it. Mm -hmm. So good morning. How are you? So far, so good. Oh, so back, I am here with Lou. Back spasms today. You're back spasming? Yeah. Last well, couple you need days. to move more. Yeah, well. Did you sit on your butt all weekend? No, but I did take a oh. two a round trip, four hour drive. So to where? Saratoga Racetrack. Oh, I know people that were there this weekend. Yeah. My yeah. friends, the Ascalises. Say that five times fast. The Ascalises, yeah. The Ascalises. Visiting some friends. I mean, some family out there. Oh, so you didn't actually go to the track. I did go to the track. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's where they were. Sat at the track all day. Oh, so you were doing a lot of sitting. Bet on a, bet on a disqualified horse. Bet <laughs> on a horse <laughs> that didn't finish the race. Wow. Yeah. You're back in a thousand, huh? Yeah, no, it's it was a good, good. day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that you did that. So I was late today because I was late getting in last night on a flight. From where? I can't tell. Okay. Human <laughs> baton. Then I'd have to, huh? Human baton. Nope, not oh. this weekend. Okay. Nope, but I can talk a little bit about it. I just did. I'm not stop telling because there's things that I will post on social media and I don't want to geotag because then I want people going to see like and harassing the animals that I saw. I see. Okay. So, so it was an animal related I, adventure. Well, it, well, it was sort of an animal related adventure. It was actually sort of a theme to my topic today, which is um, sometimes you just have to mentally shut off and check out and go way away from everything so that you can... Yeah, like you know? six times a day. <laughs> but I mean, physically leave. Yeah. <laughs> physically be non-accessible, yeah. right? Um, so I went to a place with um, with people. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I know. And so it's actually kind of funny because, um, so, you know, I'm not a big person on uh, ever in terms of big cats, like, you know, no buying, breeding, trading, touching, selling of any kind of, you know, exotic animal. Um, and so you have to be very careful about like how you interact with them. So here I am in this boat and we're boating all weekend and, you know, first world problems, anything. So, and, um, for three and a half hours, two mamas and their babies, dolphins were just loving us up next just to the boat. Following with, you? They just, just hanging out? Hanging out. We were sitting in like this little channel and this little key and they just were... <laughs> there was no feeding there was no they were just the most adorable lovely you know uninhibited yeah. no worry and it was really cool so it was very neat you could see people out on the shore like taking pictures because you could see it but they were spectacular and i'm talking baby like little yep li a little and then like a juvenile that was showing off and turning over and belly up and doing this thing i'm guessing you're aware dolphins get high right you what that dolphins get high. They do off of, you know, they get high off of? Pufferfish? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Lou, you are yeah. impressive today. <laughs> yes. Dolphins get high off of pufferfish. They pass them around. They, 
Yes. I don't, I don't know yeah. if they were high. I think that they were just feeding for sure. <laughs> yeah. And they were like going off and then coming back and going off and coming back. Oh, so she was, was with the baby. So I don't think so. <laughs> so it was, well, the mom was there. Yeah. Big mom. Big, yeah. One of them was a very large mom. Yep. Um, so, uh, but it was very cool. And on the, on route to that, <laughs> I'll have to say that. So, so John was driving the boat. <laughs> Here goes John's story. <laughs> Does he John have boating experience? And, um, and, um, is he an experienced oh, well, captain? Yeah. Well, if he mm -hmm. is not, then he should not have been in the Navy for as long as he was. Well, there are a lot of guys in the Navy who were passengers. Okay. He was not a person who was in the, not that there's anything wrong with someone who's in the mess hall. Oh, no, I understand. But yeah. nonetheless, no, he was a diver for years. Uh. He's a U.S. Navy diver. Come on now. He knows the water. Uh, and he had his own diving company. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's not the part of the story. Okay. Sorry. But it's kind of funny because being that he's Navy and yeah. he's got an illustrious career of being in the Navy and all of this stuff, we're boating along the whole thing. And it was a little rough on one the second day out, the day that we saw the dolphins. And um, I don't know what happened, but it was a, sort of a fluke. But the entire windshield, we came down in a wave and went boom and blew up all over us. So Ooh, we were covered yeah. in glass. Yep. So that was very entertaining. Um, it was so bizarre. It doesn't look good on the record. Um, well, we, we were laughing after, <laughs> way yeah. after the fact. But the plus side was that the benefit was if we had turned around, we wouldn't have been able to see the dolphins. So we just kept going. But we did have to stop and sweep and stay out of the channel and wait for all the other boats coming yep. through. <laughs> so it was, it was you know, again, first world problems. But yeah. it was that checking thing, checking out thing for me. Yep. To go away from people that could reach me on a phone. So um, important. It was lovely. Yeah. And and then, let's see. Oh, and then my friend Kathy and myself, who were together, we, John, who's the Navy person, and then I won't mention his name because he'll kill me, but this very, very um, renowned <laughs> boat captain fisherman mm -hmm. had taken him and John and this other man out on a fishing excursion for the day. And uh, they called us, me and Kathy, at about mm, four, quarter four because they had run out of gas just outside the inlet of Tampa Bay and they needed us to come tell them. So, <laughs> wow. So there was that. Yep. So, so Kathy and I got in the boat and we took off and we sort of, you know, had to be like, we saved you. Yep. We saved you. So it was, you know egos were were yes. very fragile so we were very yeah because said eight gallons were left on his boat so he was a little upset because he is a very good boat captain and john and him again doesn't they, look good on the resume well it was just john and him and yeah. this other guy so it was okay but they caught a lot of fish you know and throwback because it's the throwback season because yep. they're all spawning and nonetheless so it was very entertaining and uh, Amongst the other things that were going on, my friend is having an interesting time at her homeowners association over an issue that we're helping her with that I won't go into, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> so I get to detach from all the life things at home yep. to be able to go and watch other people's problems. Exactly. Way. Yeah. And I had great grouper nuggets and I had my salads and I had my fun. Grouper was, nuggets. Oh, you haven't had grouper nuggets? No. Have you had grouper? I think I've had grouper. Yeah. So grouper is one of my favorite fish. And of course you can't get it up here because they don't come up here, you know? So um, yeah, grouper nuggets are, I had blackened grouper, grouper nuggets. I had sesame grouper. Getting a grouper. <laughs> I, in. I think I had grouper every single day I was there. Yeah. But 
but it was lovely. So I just got in late last night and I was running a little late this morning just because I was trying to put everything away. Yep. So I appreciate everyone's patience with me going, you know, late. It's about but, five minutes. It's no yeah, big it was deal. just a couple minutes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so now I'm back. <laughs> and I will be in Vermont this weekend. Going home? Another um, no, I'm not going home. Ugh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not going home. I'm going to my hometown. I'm not actually going home. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll appreciate that distinction. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm going to a a surprise birthday party. Gotta hope she's not listening. Because <laughs> it just blew it. <laughs> um yeah, I'm going to a surprise birthday party this weekend for yeah, I won't say. <laughs> this is I'm yep. just walking myself right into this because yep. I'm imagining she's listening. Um but hopefully not. Uh, so it'll be fun and it looks like good weather. And so what are you doing now that I've like told you all these things? What am I doing this weekend? What are you doing for, you know, next couple of days? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The way my schedule is. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. So this brings me to part of my topic today. Mm -hmm. My part of my topic today was about how to, well, two things, dealing with difficult people. There was one of my because that was a theme of the weekend, but not my issue, but, you know, just yeah. watching people having to deal with difficult people in a different way. Um, and then also um, taking time for yourself and how important that is and what a nice refresher it is just to be doing nothing and how so many people tell me when they don't do anything, they feel so guilty because they don't. Yeah. And I sometimes feel like that, like, because I'm so used to doing so many things. Um, and even though I was away, I was still doing some of those things, but not at the capacity that I would be doing them at all the time. Right. So like THB stuff, I was still working on because I was doing some phone calls and trying to do some other things, but I wasn't having to, um, you know, yeah. perform. Right. And, um, and then, you know, the same stuff with like big cat rescue and all those kinds of things. So anyway, so it was very, it was very uh, good, but I was going to talk about um, how to deal with difficult people and how, first of all, what is a difficult person? How do you define that? So in psychological terms, the way I'm talking about difficult people is um, the characterological pieces of people, the, the, you know, the, the roles people fall into that they have familiarly become uh, indoctrinated into. Usually it's the way that they've been internal family systems kind of like yep. have created them as people. And then they have followed suit. So like inferiority complex, uh, you know, someone who, who gets scapegoated, someone who's much more like the hero, someone who's much more the um, monopolizer of time and personality and space. So difficult people being that how much of a stress that they can put on your person. So we have talked about toxic people in the past, you know, yep. year, multiple times, but this is, this is maybe a contribution of part of that, but this is really about how, so many people do walk around just with that difficulty in their life. They're dysfunctional and many walk around without the knowledge of their dysfunction because they think what they're doing is normal, right. normal air quoting, or they're doing something that's healthy um, because it's what they know. And in fact, characterologically, which means their personality traits are actually not in their favor, not working in their favor, not healthy. They actually hurt other people. Um, they encroach upon other people's boundaries or they overstep other people's boundaries. Um, 
and to not get into a whole thing on like there, you know, there's, there's such a piece of, and this comes up because of the issue that was going on with my friend. There's, there's such a huge piece of, of sexism that happens towards females around some character logical pieces with difficult men, not you, but difficult men. <laughs> so, me I, but time. there's a, you know, there's a phenomenon of, yeah. you know, there's a misogynistic kind of male personality that is very difficult to manage. So, so imagining being like a female, um, a female that's a strong alpha female shocker right yeah and i have friends that are alpha females shocker i've met some um, of them yes you what? i've met some of them yes. yeah you have right <laughs> um so having those and and then coming up against a person who's who's male not to pick but it's just about the fact that it just happens to be male but the misogynistic kind of like old school old-fashioned but yet contemporary in age um, with this thought process of I can run you over because you're female and therefore yeah and and there's a there's a whole narrative around that so um, I bring that one up because it was in my face all weekend for what was going on around my friend um, in in a large part and so so difficult people fall in so many different categories I mean the narcissistic piece is so present in so many people mm. you know it's all the internal damages or the fractures in your personality and ego that get hurt because you've been rejected or you've been abandoned or you perceive that you've been rejected and abandoned so then you have to make sure you sort of lash out at other people to make yourself feel okay you know bring someone down i'm yep. going to do whatever i want i'm above the law i can do whatever i want your 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 feelings and your thoughts and whatever don't matter because i can do whatever i want um i think there's a lot of that and while I was on the plane, because it was something that really struck me as um, I was looking up some ethical codes and ethical guidelines of people um, that follow along in like, uh, you know, HOAs, you know, oh, yeah. different, you know, and, and how people um, hide behind covenants and things that like they think that they interpret for themselves or and you can talk about that in general in life, how people just hide behind their religious beliefs right. or a doctor. Yep. They have a doctrine that's written and how that gives a person who already is maybe a difficult person um, a false sense of security and power because they hide behind that to utilize that as their words of narrative and empowerment. And that, um, and it breeds numbers of people around them to follow them. And, and, and that is, it becomes kind of scary. So when you think of like either a cult or a big group of people, or you think of like a little HOA in a, in a housing development, or you think of a community, you know, the block of 10 families on a cul-de-sac, whatever it is, it's so um, psychologically interesting to me how rampant it can be and how insidious and hurtful it can be to other people because it makes people, um, makes people not healthy. It makes people leave and move away. It makes people get sick yeah. mentally and have like little breakdowns. Um, it, it's just so amazing to me because of what I do for a living. It's sort of like automatic. It's like kind of every day. And then when I step outside that role, which is like, Oh, I stepped outside my role to not be in that role. But then as a person observing on the outside, watching like the world around me this weekend, I was like, and I notice this all the time, but really this weekend I was like, wow, it's yeah. really so ever present in people to have their sort of damages leaking out all the time on people. So this so is one just, of the byproducts of doing work and even taking therapy or working on your mental state is that you start to recognize some of these things and it's everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like you buy a Toyota and everyone's got a Toyota. Yeah, exactly. Right? You, right, know, you yeah. notice it so right. much more. Right. Um, so, you know, so interesting 
interesting to me that, um, so I'm running in the neighborhood that I was in this, this weekend. Um, and this, one of these people that I'm noting in my head is having this difficult personality. Don't know him, never met him, didn't even know how to identify him, but knew just after the interaction, I'm like, this must be one of the people I've been described to. Right. Yep. And sure enough, it was funny, but, um, one being male, to being not picking on men either, because I know this is going to come back at me, but it's not. It's, he was male, I was female, and I could see him doing this. So he was, he was driving very slowly through this. How many little... times do you have to pick on the wrong woman before you have to reevaluate your stance in these situations? How many times do you have to pick what? How many times do you have to pick on the wrong woman before you re have to reevaluate your stance in these situations? I don't understand how these men exist. Well, so here's the thing is that... Um, you know, I'm usually on my toes. So I usually, cause as a female, I'm, I'm an assertive female. So, you know, I'm alpha and whatever somebody wants to say about whatever that means to them, whatever. Yeah. But, um, I think that when you have someone, and we'll use the case of this, the, of men that do these cross over the boundaries and they think that they can, and they get away with it because, a female that's more passive or not confident or feels more like, Oh, I'm sorry. And apologetic and submissive won't stand up for themselves or feels like they, they're not supposed to, that will make them look bad. Yeah. We're so socialized as women to still be in that role of like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't want to upset you and I didn't mean to do anything wrong. And it's like, you have to really go into that space of, knowing yourself well enough like if you've done something wrong you say you're sorry if you haven't done anything wrong you don't say you're sorry right um and it, and just because someone says something to you doesn't mean you have to have like some kind of you know massive response to them to explain your behavior so here i am running on the street running on a street people in running run on streets right they don't necessarily run on sidewalks do you know why no sidewalks are built out of concrete and what are roads built out of asphalt Right. Yeah. Do you know how different that is on your legs running? Imagine. Yeah. It's very specifically different. Right. So most runners will run on a street mm -hmm. and because I'm, I also will walk. It's easier on the legs. It just is yep. it, concrete versus it's like the impact point. Right. So this man, there's a woman, by the way, walking up in front of me, like she's walking and she was doing the same thing. I have no idea if he said anything to her. Imagine he didn't, but who knows? But he's driving really slowly and you could tell he was like checking out. There was lots of construction going on and he was, I'm like, I could just tell he was up to no good. <laughs> I could just say, say it. <laughs> yep. And he drives past me really slowly. Now he has tons of birth. There was no reason why he couldn't yep. have like gone right by me, like normal speed. He rolls down his window and a pencil in his hand and he's shaking his finger with his pencil in his hand. He goes, that's what sidewalks are for. And I, and I came right back at him. I said, I don't run on the sidewalks. I run on the street. And he grumbled and huffed and God knows And I kept going and I'm sure he kept going. Yeah. I kept going, but he kept going. And, and in my mind then I was like, Oh, you know, and I don't necessarily think it was a female issue, but I don't imagine he was going to say that to a guy. Right. And also I'm, I, I, in my head, I was like, I'm going to turn around and go back to him because he was going slow enough. And I didn't. But it was, oh, by the way, I don't run on concrete. I don't run in the middle of this neighborhood like this because all the sprinklers are on faced into the roadway where I can get wet. Yeah. I mean, there's all these different reasons. But then I'm trained as a female to get into the reasons why to describe that my behavior was acceptable while he's scolding me with a pencil in his hand yelling at me. So there were several 
dozen conversations over the weekend about yeah. this person yeah. and subsequent like experiences of some men and women that we're all together. We're all talking about how it was good. I was with a like-minded group of people talking about how the, you know, I use the term misogyny, you know, loosely, you know, the, not, it's not that these particular people maybe hate women, but there's a negative narrative about like right. the power or the empowerment that one has over females. And it's a psychological thing. It's like, I can say this to you and it's going to make you feel small right. and then you'll submit and then, you know, pat, pat you on the head like a little girl and move you along. And I just see that in my practice a lot. I work on that. I think it was really striking to me over the weekend how that happens in so many of my females stories that come in, whether it's someone that they're married to, whether it's someone that they've been dating, whether it's someone that their father, their uncle, their brother, like there's all these stories. Yeah. And it just really struck me as there's difficult personalities in the world, but then there's these really specific scenarios. And in, it was brought up to me and, and I was agreeing this weekend that so many, um, you know, so many people struggle with, you know, whether you're, it's a religious issue, whether it's, you know, a, a race issue, whether it's a gender issue, whether it's a, uh, a belief in system like Roe v. Wade, there's so much of this um, disempowerment personality trait that comes across to like take away someone else's power to make someone feel better at the basic core, yeah. and what despite the issue. Um, and why? Well, so instead of like just talking nonstop about like that, it's more about like, why do people do that? People do that because they don't feel good about themselves. They feel that they have the ability to do those things so that they can one up you so they can feel good about themselves. And it goes back to narcissism. They do not feel adequate enough or they do not feel like they have the ability to really have the power without disempowering others. Can I theorize about it? Absolutely. I love your theories. The first, the thing that makes people scared the most is the unknown. Mm -hmm. The second biggest thing people are afraid of is lack of control. Mm -hmm. And anywhere they can find control, they will grab it. He exercised a little bit of control by rolling down the window and shaking his pencil at you. Right. Where he doesn't have control, enough control in his life. He's concerned about having control. People who lack control, again, grab it anywhere they can. Right. Exactly. And so, but in that, but think rational, reasonable, and realistic at the end of the day, like if he was my client and he told me that about this, I would have said, what did that get you? Yeah. Like, what is it, what is it fulfilling in your cup truly to do that? Well, where we see it most days now is on social media. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it, there is no, <laughs> there is no fulfillment except for, for a moment, for a second, you feel you have some control over your circumstances where elsewhere you don't think you do. And you're and you're absolutely right. He wouldn't have done that to a guy, right? Wouldn't have done it. And 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 why wouldn't he have done it to a guy? Because, because he has no control over the guy. Perceived control. No perceived control over right? the guy. Because right? Because he dies. Essentially, he could have said the exact same thing, but the guy, the guy might have had a very different response. <laughs> yeah. Right. And had I not been in running mode, you know me, I would have had a different response too. Yeah. I was. Everyone said to me, "Why didn't you say blah blah blah?" I'm like, I was caught off guard. <laughs> I wasn't well, expecting someone to shake their finger and their pencil at me through a window. This goes back to men. How often can they do this? I mean, when you have, when you're in control of your group, in right. other words, you're interacting with women who you know will demure to you. That's one thing. 
but just doing it randomly on the street, you're going to run into women constantly who are just going to give it right back to you. Right. And you know, often more vicious than men. Well, and, and, and to that point, and it's now the women that would give it back viciously, viciously. And yeah. I, and that word I'm just going to use as the, is it vicious or is it assertive? Because one has to, we've been trained that we either passively submit or we have to be assertive and then we're perceived as being aggressive and bitchy. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that is not, that is not an adequate, um, descriptor of really what assertiveness is. Assertiveness is right. Is, and I teach all my clients, both men and women, assert yourself by advocating yourself, which means you don't violate someone's emotional boundary. You don't annihilate them emotionally. If they feel annihilated emotionally, it's because of whatever you've said back to them or whatever has, yeah. has triggered their own stuff, but that's not on you. As long as you're respectful and respectful doesn't mean submitting. So it's this really interesting balance, but women are perceived when they speak up that they're negative, bitchy, aggressive they get labeled with you know they haven't had sex in a long time there's got to be something hormonal like all this stuff men don't have that happen and so it's like that's so we go to the difficult people now women can be i mean that's the whole karen phenomenon is out there right yeah. difficult women right um but difficult women would come from that same thing is that they have that feeling of inferiority they have to have control they have to have some sense of like um they have a fear of the unknown. They don't understand the situation. So they go after or something yep. and they go at it. Right. Um, don't trigger the prayer response. It, exactly. Yeah. So respond strongly so that you don't seem like prey. Whoever, you, whoever it is, is confronting you or you're confronting them. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and so you get, you get put back on your heels like that. And, um, you know, I feel, I feel for, for my, the record, my, my tool for my gauge for viciousness is more than I would go. Your gauge for it? Yeah, that's like, that's my use of the word vicious. In other words, they're in a given interaction, I would go so far. If someone's going further than me, they're being vicious because I won't I won't go that far. Right. Yeah. Right. And well, and so this is interesting. So, so I didn't intend it to be a female. I just for the record, I just didn't intend it to be a female thing. It was it's like I wouldn't go that far in my response. Right. So right, I wouldn't be but, that hard in my response. But then again, also knowing you, right? If we just looked at you, you're not gonna go specifically at a female versus a male you're going to no. just be equal opportunity across the board of just not of like announcing what you feel or think if it's appropriate yeah except for two weeks ago when you were sexist <laughs> <laughs> does that throw that in yeah. no actually it's kind of the just opposite with, kind of the opposite with me i won't go at women right yeah right why i will go at women less than men i don't know just what is but what is the mindset why do you do that there's two parts of mindset first of all you don't need to go that hard with women generally speaking and secondly every once in a while you run into one and give as good as they get <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i mean about the guys how many guys how many times can you go on that randomly without running into women that you know that would just take that right out of you well and, and so so here's the thing is the goal would be that men and men and women could be respectful to each other around every issue or yeah. humans could be respectful you're not even making it human man female but unfortunately we're still in the problematic areas of difficult people and then you put gender to it and then you experience it and just it's such an interesting phenomenon of how um 
in the past year alone, I've had one particular male tell me that I needed to know my place once. Oh, that didn't go well. Yeah. Right. Um, it, and albeit he was drinking and um, just randomly. I don't know Did if he, he know you? It, it, I don't know if he thought it was funny, yeah. but I didn't find it funny. But it wasn't worthwhile to engage him because I knew he was drinking. Um, and the same man then said something else off color when he wasn't drinking to me. And um, and here's the thing. And this is kind of like if you look at some of the interesting stories that have come over the years, uh, you know, in broadcasting and news and, uh, you know, people in the media and in our job, you know, doing this, um, how women bite their tongue because that person has perceptually more power and could hurt their career, could yep. say something and all those things. So I found myself having to really struggle with some of that by having to vent to other people that I knew would understand, but I couldn't put it out in the world. I could have, but I had to make the socialized decision that right. me addressing the difficult personality was only going to create more of a problem for me, which put right. me in a suppressed, oppressed position, which is a vicious loop, which one of my girlfriends said, now you know how I feel because she's a single um, black lesbian. I, I, she has like all these identifiers and she's like, and now you know how I feel. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, you know, and so there's to an extent, we all calculate that equation. Right. In every situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's, so going back to the actual like difficult personality, yep. I mean, there's so many, um, I think I've gotten much better and also in counseling other people and the self-advocacy piece just alone is when you stay in your lane and you come from a place that's rational, realistic, and reasonable, and it's coming from facts and not out of reaction of, of, um, emotion that it keeps you in a space where you don't get bothered by it as much. Cause I know that in my twenties, if someone, I went to UMass Amherst, right? So if someone in my twenties had said some of the stuff that people say to me on occasion now, I would have been like, you know, yeah, you know, the whole 1970s would have happened again. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's yeah. now really staying to, and that's what I was talking to my friend about this weekend is really staying to stay in, um, behavioral modification mode, um, respond as a behavioral modifier that you're, you're not looking to react to the person. You're just going to behavior respond. If someone's going to come at you with something and they're not healthy, then you're going to behavioral respond with either no response, or it's going to be a very specific visualized response. In this case, there was something that needed to be done that had, that we helped her with that was like, okay, we're not going to respond with words, we're going to do a visual to make sure the response is out there to help this man understand that he can say a lot, but now, and he, and he put her down and he said really mean things and he was nasty and his hmm. people that he was with, he has a couple people that are with him in saying things. So he has a team. Um, and I was like, we're just going to do something without words. Mm -hmm. And, and this morning, cause I got back last night, this morning, that whole thing of dealing with this difficult person from her as a female to him as a male has conjured up a flurry of support around her from many men in the community that she's in and um, a whole bunch of other things that are going on that are going to go in her favor that never could have been accomplished by her just saying like, I disagree. Yeah. Like, because the ego of this person is so in deeply rooted in his 
sickness yeah. um, and needing to have control and power and look like he's, you know, yeah. Christ. Disagreement would just dig him in. You what? Disagreement would just dig him in. He wouldn't right. balance and, it. And there was, there's no, well, yeah. in this, it, there's, it was a great quick conversation with this man yesterday that we were talking to. And, and I was, as I was going out for my run yesterday, um, and he was, he was saying to her, um, he said, you cannot scream at people to make them less stupid. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I love this man. Yeah. But he was saying that to her in support of, of exactly this issue. Cause he knew, I mean, I couldn't, I can't tell you how many times I heard like, um, 50, 60, 70 year old people this weekend talking about the misogyny that still exists in the world around them. And, um, Again, when you look up the definition, I'm not using it as like woman hating. It's just more the condescension towards like women are less than. Yeah. But this this man was just like, you cannot you cannot disagree and think you're going to get anywhere. You just have to do something that's more specific and it's quiet with words. But, you know, so but it's hard. And I and I just I think that people don't talk about it because they get worried about talking about it because of this exact reason that they feel if they say something, it's going to become she's this or she's yeah. that or, yeah. you know, who's she to say anything. And it's like, you know what? Women, unfortunately, do get oppressed. Roe v. Wade overturning is, is an oppression of women again. We have all this stuff going on in the world all around us. And it's not new. It's just that it's so specific out there. Um, and it really stems back to not, um, as a psychology piece, it's about each individual being a difficult person or not. Do they have, everybody has their difficult pieces to them, but what is it that you're doing with them? Are you using them against other people? Are you keeping them in check? Do you have good insight and awareness? I mean, are you being psychologically mindful? And so, um, I think that more successful people, um, put it out in the world in a good way and or bite their tongue in a healthy way to go. If I react to this with emotion, all it's going to do is rev this up. And, you know, people, people love to have that misery loves miserable company. So if I'm screaming at you and telling you you're negative and you're terrible yeah. and you're awful and you respond exactly how I expect now I've got you, yep. so to speak. And they like that because what does it do? It fills their cup up and they'll be like, you see how the charge, I got them all worked up and I still have power over them. And it's like, nope, yeah. stay in your own lane. And they just and, turn it around on you. Right. Why are you being dramatic? Right. Or you yeah. go into the, you know, um, a great comment, comment, uh, I was around a lot of men this weekend, so I don't have a lot of females to reference here on their commentaries. But one of the guys that was in favor of helping was, you know, he's just like, be, you know, just like I do for a living, just listen and gather information. Because the more information you gather, the more people with these difficult personalities talk, the more they double talk themselves, the more they get themselves into trouble, the more that they say things that they shouldn't, not that they shouldn't, but they say things that over run other things that they've said. Yeah. They catch themselves up in lies. They have storytelling. And and that's in you see that in everyday life. Look at families. Just look at family dynamics. Like now I'm talking I was talking about like a scenario around a, a homeowners association. And now I'm now if we just look at okay, look at a family. It's the same thing. You've got very specific personalities and you have, you know, authoritative parenting which is the best type of parenting. And then you have authoritarian, not good. That's the tyrannical, like militant yep. style. Then you have the indulgent and permissive and disorganized kind, also not good, right? And so you've got these family dynamics that 
that turn into the same thing because they create, they have a, they usually have a personality or two in the family that's very difficult in some way. And that, cause it's characterologically based. And then it, it, it runs havoc through the family. So the family falls apart in some way, even when it's in its youth, because there's struggle and there's, you know, uh, affairs or uh, mismanagement of money or lying and deceit and secrets, or it's the same thing. Because people don't have their personality pieces in check and are being sensitive because we've been socialized into being these people. This goes back to the ba- one of the basic struggles, which is determining what you can change and what you can't. In other words, you can't change another person's personality. Right. So what you have to do is decide what you want out of that interaction. Right. Whether you want an effective result for you or whether if, if you... If your goal is to change their behavior, never going to happen. Just stop the relationship. Right. Right. As, right. You know, to the extent that you can. Right. But you have to find a way to effectively communicate with right. somebody. And sometimes that means it doesn't mean capitulating. It means just playing the game with them. Because when you confront someone like that, right. you just dig them in more and they get more uh, exuberant about the way they're treating you. Right. And you're challenging them more. Right. Right. So you got to you got to lower the level of the challenge so they'll listen a little bit more. So that whatever it is you're touching, whatever it is you're threatening, doesn't seem threatened to them. Well, right. So that's why I think that when when you do, so my recommendation, similar to like something you just said, my recommendation to my friend was we're, we're going to, and this was a collective, we're going to not speak. We're going to do it in a, a physical, nonverbal representation visually so that the message is across but we really don't have anything to have any feedback on because there's no interaction verbally. Right. And so um, we're talking about that. We had to set a boundary in terms of like a physical boundary around a space and um, that this man wants to utilize. And, um, and it's already gotten lots of talk. And in, and I was saying to my friend this morning uh, that, 24 hours from yesterday when we set down the boundary to today has already gotten more fervor than he has ever gotten out of any of the meetings that he's put her down or said mean things or whatever and talk and movement already just from that one nonverbal draw the line in the sand kind of thing without having to be emotional or vindictive or whatever. It's just, I'll just go with the facts. I'll bet that's what we talked about last week. It's shared experience. Yep. You tapped into people with shared experience with this guy. Right. 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 Yeah. And it just, and it's, and so now it's going to be interesting to see because what it's doing is it's challenging. So going back to what you said, you can't change a person and you can't go into it for changing person because that's when you lose. Right. Right. But when you start changing the dynamic because they can't do anything about that. Right. Because it's out of their control. They might spin up, but they're not going to spin up at you because it's going to be harder to do that because you haven't said anything. Right. And that's, you know, that's why when people verbally, you know, I was teaching this in my class last week about when someone says something to you in your family, for instance, that's negative, rude, disrespectful, mean, whatever, you either go silent, which people say, but then they win. (coughs) People get into this thing. (laughs) And if I don't respond back, they're winning. Excuse my cough. Um, no, they're not winning. No. It has to do with the response or the reaction isn't deserved because it's usually wasted. Mm-hmm. Or when they are speaking and you do say something, it's more like just saying like, it's noted. Yeah. I, I often use that. It's noted. 
your your comment is noted, yeah. which makes them mad. But it's not meant to make them mad. It's just that I've noted the comment. You've made a nasty comment. I've noted it. Yeah. I have nothing else to say about it. And because the whole goal isn't to change the person, the whole goal is to stop the difficult person interaction. Right. So if you ever read the, um, the book, Diff Having Difficult Conversations, it's an older book. There's lots of interesting little caveats and stories and techniques on, on really basically how to disengage, uh, disengage from the negativity to re-engage in a positive way. And when you can't, you step back and you step out, not because you submit, but because you are, that's where you get your own control because you can't control the other person. Right. Um, you don't have this, you don't have to have this kind of conversation when you don't have difficult personalities. But there's so many difficult difficult personalities in the world. Um, it makes it, and especially if you don't know, because they're sometimes guised. They look like they're normal on the outside. Yep. But in fact, unless you're in the scenario, they're not. Um, and unfortunately, so, you can't avoid interaction with these people right. all the time. I mean, right. there, there are certain toxic people you can cut out of your life. Sure, you can do that. But sometimes... If it's an HOA or if it's your boss or a coworker, or you have to interact with them right. on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. so, so you have to learn more effective techniques. And and that's the thing. So like if so if there's now since that. And book, I mean more effective, not because people are going to take that more effective in winning the interaction. So no, it's more effective for your response. Well, so it's it's more. Yeah. So the outcome goal is not to win. The win and it, people are so caught up in the win. Like he, the man I'm talking about is caught up in his win. Yeah. He wants to win. He's going to win. He's going to trample over everybody, including my friend as much as he can. And it just happens to be, she's a female. And I don't think he'd be having this with a male. None of us think that it would definitely be a different story. So he's got like double whammy investment. So, but feel like I need more specifics, but I will, I <laughs> but I know you can't give them. I'll give you yeah. them after the show. Yeah. So, but, um, the, but the, but people in general want to win because that makes them feel vindicated or purposeful or correct or whatever, instead of it just being like your win, your win is that you didn't walk away mentally strained or you came out of it minimally mentally strained, or you didn't lose that much sleep over it, or you didn't, waste your time feeling sick like you, you have to gauge what it is for yourself not about how it's impacting the other side it's about what's happening for you because you know that's... but too often the win is is located in the interaction on stage too often the win is about winning the argument and that's not necessarily winning the interaction and that's not exactly what you're after sometimes the goal is separate from the interaction right yeah well once well, in some so this so in difficult conversations, and this is referring back to that book, right? Um, having difficult conversations with someone who's difficult is is about finding a solution. And sometimes there is no solution that you would think of because people think solutions resolve. Sometimes you have to come up with a solution that you understand that there is no resolve. And that is the solution that the resolve is mm -hmm. you have to walk away from it because it can no longer be conversed about or that you have to do something for yourself to behaviorally make yourself feel like you have your own sense of purpose and control and that you don't take on the personal 
commentaries or the personalization of what's coming at you from someone. I mean, you see that with kids and teachers, you know, I see, you know, I yeah. see that a lot. I get kids that will come in in the next, like, you know, go back to school and they'll feel like the teacher hates me. They have, a, it's the same thing is that people quickly personalize it. So they'll fight back and feel like they don't have control, but in fact, it's, yeah. it's, it's not about that. It's, it's about like, just do your work and find your solution. Do your work. You know, you see this with ADD kids. They'll be like, the teacher hates me. I'm like, well, what have you been doing in class? Well, I'm always talking. <laughs> well, the solution is that you have to settle your body and not talk because you're going to yep. be, you're bringing attention to yourself. It doesn't mean they hate you. So it's about, you know, I mean, some teachers might, but nonetheless, it's more about like, what can you do to find your solution, behaviorally modifying it so that the teacher doesn't continue to come at you, whether they have, whether the teacher is a difficult person or not, because certainly I've had difficult teachers. I'm sure you have too, that you're just like, oh, this teacher is, you know. No, they all love me. <laughs> Did they really? Oh, that's so nice. I just sat there. <laughs> well, that's I didn't good. Give, I didn't give anybody any trouble. Yeah, well. I don't, I didn't, I didn't not like any of my teachers per se, but I definitely had some you, the, difficult personality teachers. The first skill is to understand that the conversation has run its course. The interaction has run its course. There is no more productive. There's, right. there's no productivity in continuing this. Right. You're going to have to adapt to what the circumstances are. Right. Well, and, and you well, and adapt. you can do it preemptively like I did with you with Roe versus Wade. <laughs> Oh, we are we going to go there? Uh, we can. Oh my god! But it doesn't seem productive. It, it, it doesn't, does it? No, because it's not going to end well. <laughs> um, the now you've got me off my topic in my head because now I want to talk about Roe. All my listeners, make sure you vote Roe. There's there's an opinion. No, that's not the solution. Well, it's if you don't vote row, we got other issues going on. See, we're going to go down this this path. No, you vote for your state laws to allow the level of abortion that you feel well, is appropriate. Right, but that's essentially you're going to be voting row. Yeah. In those states. Okay, I'll just say it and we can go from there. Do you know what I mean? The Supreme Court's job is not moral. The Supreme Court's job is legislation. And there is no right to abortion, and they recognize that. You, 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 and I are going to have a different conversation. So it's not going to be on on air. Um, so go and by the way, so anyway, I, am pro, on, well, I am pro-choice. So I you go you to you go to your state legislature right. and, and you I know you are. enact the laws through electing officials that you feel are appropriate. Yep. Yeah. Do you see my face? I do. <laughs> See, this is why you can't do this randomly. But no, but there's a point. Like I said, I preemptively decided that's not a conversation that's going to get anywhere. Right. On air. But it's okay. No, it's not going to get anywhere off air. <laughs> you have you have little faith. Well, it's not going to get anywhere. Meaning, See, now you're in that mindset. It's not going to get anywhere for you to convince me of your side. And right. I'm not going to get anywhere with you to convince you. Well, I don't know. I might. But because you don't know my side. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. But, but to your point is, is that here's the difference between our relationship in terms of talking like this and other things that I was mentioning before is that there's a mutual respect for the fact that it's not about you being male, me being female, you being smart, me not being smart right. or vice versa. It's, it's about, we both know that we have thoughtful ideas, insights, arguments, blah, blah, blah. And we're, we value the relationship yeah. and not the fight because is the fight really going to get us anywhere? No. 
So what do we do? We can talk about all the other pieces, which you and I have, just so the listeners know, you and I have many conversations mm -hmm. about things that we disagree about. We're not on the same political page a lot of the time. We're right. not on the same, but we have no issue. Right. Why? Because we respect us as people, human beings, and that we have that. And then it doesn't change that. I don't want to be around you. I don't like you. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with, it's okay to agree to disagree and move forward. But that's where people get stuck is they have to go for the win. They have to have you believe. Yeah. And this is why this is such a good what? example. And I don't want to get into the discussion based on that. But just as an example of what we're talking about, because the uh, positive. I can't get into this without getting into trouble. You can go ahead. You Go ahead. I'll stop. The positive response to the Supreme Court's ruling is to is on the state legislature level. Elect people who put in the, the abortion laws that you want. And I have firm belief that will happen. And that's the way this is, should be gone about. Being on social media and just rampaging about the Supreme Court's decision, and the Supreme Court did their job, in my mind, but raging against that isn't going to get us anywhere. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. Why wouldn't I agree so with that? So we shouldn't be in just well, social media. We shouldn't be trying to impeach justices, and we shouldn't be trying to find out what their wife is doing. We should be working on legislation in the state to get the abortion laws that you think are appropriate. And so... And to your point, Kansas, go Kansas. Yeah. Kansas did exactly what they should have done. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Now we just need Texas, Oklahoma. Oh, I understand. Utah, Arizona to do the same thing. Plus, I'm a constitutionalist and it was supposed to be 50 labs of liberty. So let the states do what they feel, what the state feels is appropriate. And if, you know, if you don't like it, move. If you need an abortion, go to another state. Oh, this is such a much larger conversation. <laughs> Well, well, to the point, okay, it's, so it's the structure the point, of our governance, but okay, so to the point though, about if we can just look at it from the difficult person, right? Think yep. about like, uh, this is gonna go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the the psychological nature, right, as a as as an umbrella, there's a there's a a male, this is a perception, there's a male bullying to that to females. It's males are superseding females' rights. And so therefore, here we go from the top of the hour, is that that's the perceptual, and I'm loosely putting that out there just so that for yeah. shits and giggles, right? But it's the male perception, it's the male um, socialized dominant perception that that's what's happening because what are all the lawmakers predominantly? What are all the, right? So there's this still, there's that stigma of this legislature body is is a bully to females. And here we are again, it's a difficult personality as a whole or as, as a family or as a whatever, or as a school system or as an institution, putting down a group and, and that's how it's going to get perceived. Well, and that's going to yeah. be, that's where a huge piece of this, because it comes into both sides having to win, as opposed to how do you find a solution? And to your point, and that was to my point too, is people in their states need to get out and vote. Right. And that's, and it's, you know, and, and I loosely say vote row because the row vote is going to get legislatures to change, you know, the people in the power to change in some yeah. way i understand there are people who legitimately kansas. feel that Thank way you, that it's an oppression kansas yeah kansas. i understand there are people who legitimately feel there's an oppression i think you're mistaken but i understand you feel that way but too often this is used as a tool in other words you can't win on the merits of the argument so what you do is you create this is what we've seen in this country time and time and time again we've created victims and victims pick up pitchforks and tortures and go nuts that's what they do 
well, obviously, so we for do a lot show, but yeah. but there is a there's a fundamental oppression to females in this. Oh, oh fundamentally, fair enough. That's of, not what I'm I mean, talking it's, about. It's not like yeah. it's a it's a it's a victimization that's like, oh, here we go again, kind of thing. This is a oh, fair fair enough, and that's is, a conversation we can have in this particular instance. I don't think the Supreme Court's in that business. I'm not sure. I that another conversation. I'm not sure what the Supreme Court is doing <laughs> at this juncture, but that's another conversation. They're just comparing the law against the Constitution. That's that's their job. That's their function. Uh, see, but we would disagree that we would think that that's happening. So anyway, moving yep. along because yep. people are going to be like, okay, no, why I are they understand. talking about this stuff, right? Yep. Um. Oh wait, I have to see what Heather said. Heather's going to have something. Oh, where's my T-shirt? My lovely, my lovely Heather gave me a T-shirt which I'm not wearing today. <laughs> It says, vote, we're ruthless. And yep. I love my t-shirt. And I wore it this weekend, actually. And nobody said anything. I also have another one that I is a little it's bit more Ruthless, is that a play on? Ruth, Ruth. Bader Ginsburg, yeah, yeah. right. But I also have another one that is very funny that I'll show you sometime, but I will, I will not wear <laughs> on air. But I'll wear it out in public because, you know, it's it's certainly provocative. Yep. It's it's like walking through and saying, I'm asking for it. So, you know, I have to be prepared. That's one of those things that like, I'm yeah. definitely going to get comments on. Yep. So I'm not, I'm not typically a person that does those t-shirts, but I did wear my. Let me go back for a second to your incident on the road. Yes. My running incident with your the pencil shaker. Incident. Yeah. And I'm, I'll be interested in your response to this because my response, if you, if you weren't a professional. Yes. And I didn't know you as well as I know you. My response would be, and we were friends and we were just talking about this. My response would be, it happened on the road. It's gone. Oh, it is. Move on. It is. Yeah. Oh, I did. But you had conversations afterwards and it's up on the show today. And I know you're not engaging in it emotionally right no. now. You're just using it as an example right. for this discussion. Too many people linger onto these things for too long. It should have been gone. It, it, ideally, it could be gone three minutes after it happened. Well, it w so, so, so yes. Yeah. So it was gone for me. Yeah. It was like over. I giggled about it. I was like, ugh. Right. There's too much of the important stuff that we just discussed right. to be giving mental energy. But that's to, what that's yeah, that's yeah. what drew it. That's what drew me into it because it had a context at the time of a larger issue that was going right. on in this development that my friend lives in, that was based in um, a difficult personality grouping that he was involved with. Yeah. But I didn't know he was one of those people. So when I came back to the house and said, oh, there's a man, this is what he looks like. And I was told, oh, that's one of the people that's giving X, Y, and Z a problem. I was like, oh, so then it became a topic yeah. of conversation. So HOAs are giggle. I mean, yeah. the stuff that happens to me when I'm running, I could tell you stories that yeah. are like, uh, HOAs are psychological dumpster fires well, anyway, aren't they? Exactly. They're, yeah. they're, they're, I have not, so I have multiple clients that live in developments. Talk about power corrupting. There, well, there's, <laughs> and, and both in New England, I yeah. have several clients and then I have friends and colleagues and people yeah. that live in them all over the country, right? They're just always dysfunctional families. Oh, they're awful. It's a, yeah. it's a very dysfunctional family and the people that get put on the boards that are in power, oh, there's a reason, you know, like, and people, sometimes people will ask me to be on a board and I'm like, mm-mm. See, I'm all set. That's part of my point. A healthy individual would want nothing to do with being on a board of an HOA. Well, especially when you're like, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with it because in terms of like, like I, I belong to a networking group. It's like a healthy a individual wouldn't want to be. All that stuff, but you, in sometimes there's been presidents in those roles over the years yeah. I've been in it that are like, Ooh, there's a reason why you're in there because yeah. you need it for your ego. Yeah. But then there's people that don't have that issue. So it's a, it's a balancing act of, but when you have a person who is difficult in their personality, who needs 
the they don't have anything else going on. This is their sense of purpose. Yep. This is their their once a month. I get to you know sit on the middle of the table and. This is their control. This yeah, is the this only is control their, they have. They're they're king for a day, yep. and they literally get to have that, or the queen for a day. But I usually don't see women in those roles. But it's right, and and it's amazing because that that's why I was saying it's institutions, school systems, religious um, groups, uh, culties. Uh, because they become dysfunctional families yeah. and they have usually this very strict hierarchy that's very oppressive. Um, and it just happens to be that so many men are usually on top of that versus women. You just don't, it's just the trend. Want to put a pot on your porch? Come to me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You want Who to put a flamingo that? in your yard? Yeah. You want you know, like, Oh, you cut your grass. I have someone up here in the Northeast that's, lives up in new hampshire of all places right live free or die like leave yeah. me alone and they give him they his hoa get a guy to a guy gives him a hard time about the color of his roof tile because he has one piece that's different color wow right wow. and this is an ongoing battle for two years with these two men can't we just get along well, and when I talk to my client, because he's <laughs> one so upset, he's upset about not his roof tile. He's upset because this man that he's you yeah. know that's president of the HOA constantly rails on him. Yeah, and the president of the HOA is upset because he doesn't submit. Right. Yeah. Right. So then, it has because nothing of that, to do about the now roof he picks at other things on him, like yep. your grass is cut too short, your grass is cut too long. You didn't get the edger. Why'd you put that plant in? You're not allowed to put white stone down. Like these are the things that have happened because it's control. See, this is and why now, and here's man to, and it's man to man now however now interesting the man that i'm talking about in terms of like the you know my client he's he's a guy's guy but he's very empathetic and has a lot of more feminine kind of remember the remember the term metrosexual like yeah. in terms of like just much more in tune with kind of the balance of being kind compassionate not just manly bully over and oppress you and his personality is that balance and he's going up against that. So he's vulnerable. And yeah. we talk about it all the time is that your personality is vulnerable to that difficult personality because right. he's trying to overrun you. Like there are guys that that wouldn't have that battle wouldn't have waged this long. Right. It's just a matter of exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cause it would have been like, I'm going to, yeah. uh, you know, I'm or, and he would ignore, I keep telling him, ignore the thing about the tile. <laughs> just if he's really, I mean, you know, this is a joke, but the reason the Second Amendment exists is for people who come up and tell you your lawn's cut too short. <laughs> it's a joke. I know. It's not too far from being a joke. <laughs> I, I hear you. I know you. Yeah. Good Lord. So, okay. So, as always, and uh, this was really specific to, you know, like a very specific topic and not as broad today, but in yeah. terms of health and wellness and everything, is it's really, it really goes back to that whole... Um, I guess it was about females today and being able to advocate for yourself and not feeling guilty or sorry or bad for it. And that, you know, you can do that and you're allowed. It doesn't matter if someone else is saying you shouldn't or, you know, don't make a big deal out of it. It's not that you can't make a big deal. It's, it's how do you do it? It's, you know, do it with a response. Response is facts and behavioral modification. Reaction is out of anger or reaction is out of emotion and you're not going to find a solution that way. You don't have to submit and pro provide a person a solution that's going to fit them. You just have to pro provide a solution that's going to fit you and be able to stand by that. And that's with anybody. It just happens to be that today it was a male-female thing. Yeah. But I think that that's important because I don't 
typically talk about that as a as an issue, but I think it's important because it's out there and it's really specific. And I incur that all the time in my field um, and on a day-to-day basis. Um, I hear about it. I don't have it in my, but I definitely have, you know, I mean, I have over the 27 odd years that I've been in my practice just alone, I've had one or two men who've been very bullying would try to be bullying of me. And that didn't end well in terms of the fact that it's just not going to be a conducive to a therapeutic environment um, because this is going to be sexist on the other side. Oh, here we go. No, it's going to be sexist against males. Oh, males live in a structured society. Males live with alpha dogs and beta dogs. And as you get further down the rung, you look to women to exert again, exert control where you don't have control among your counterparts. And often, well, too often nowadays, women are perceived to be vulnerable to that. And I think what you find out if you do it randomly, again, you can pick your victims, so to speak. But if you do it randomly, too often you're going to run into women who are more alpha dogs than you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I would. I would. I would say yes. Yeah. To that, and it's just a matter of like where you're going to run into them. Yep. And what position you're going to put yourself in. That's the thing you never know. Anyway. You never know. No. Yeah. You don't. You know, so well for for the person who I know is listening that I love to death, who's going through some of this stuff, as I said to you last night and this morning in your text, I said, stay your course or or stay our course, you know, draw your line and advocate for yourself. And and doesn't matter what he or she or whoever thinks at this juncture, because it's what you're doing that's right for you. So you don't have mental worry about what they think, what they feel. It doesn't matter because they don't care what you think or feel. And it's about you taking care of you in the healthy way without crossing someone else's boundaries or annihilating them emotionally. And as long as you're doing you and you're staying in your lane and you're not doing anything damaging, that's how you preserve your life. But do it in a way that you're not draining yourself unnecessarily. Exactly. Don't give them more than they deserve. Right. And that's with any difficult personality or difficult situation or system in general. So on that note, I will not be going to swim with any dolphins. I will not be going to break any windshields now. I will be (laughs) going back to my lovely office in Bedford and having a lovely day with my rest of my clients. Um, Anyway, you guys have a fantastic week. I will see you next week. We should be coming. Hopefully I think I know I'm supposed to be doing a show here coming up next week, or at least we're putting one in the can with Michelle. Um, Michelle is coming back. Um, I just have to finish all the arrangements on that, but I will definitely be here next Wednesday and we will have a great discussion on whatever comes out of this. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys have a good one.